Ephesians chapter 4, chapter, or chapter 4, verse 17. We're going to get started in that. It says, Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thoughts. Uh, just to clarify real quick, the word for Gentiles, we know that is everyone else who is not a Jew. But Paul here, he's referring it also to those who do not know Jesus, or maybe our lives before we knew Jesus. And so Ephesians and Paul, time and time again, he's trying to get us to wrap our minds around our identity. So think about that, your identity. Who are you? Why are you here? What is your purpose? All that is tied into that word identity that we'll be talking about. And so as Christians, whenever we are in Christ, according to Ephesians, our identity is no longer wrapped up in what we do or what we have or who we hang out with. Because so often that's what we usually find our identity in. It's like what are we wearing or who are we hanging out with? Oh, you're a, you're a cowboy person now. Oh, now you're an athletic person now. We find our identity in so many other things of what we do, who we hang out with, or what we wear. But now in Christ, our identity is firmly secure. So we should go back to him to find out who we are and what we were created for. And so that's what Ephesians is going to keep tying back to is our identity is in Christ. And because we have a new identity, Paul, he is telling us to separate ourselves from the lifestyle that we used to have. And that's what we've been walking through verse by verse of what that new identity is in, for us in Jesus. And he says, now that you have that, don't go back to that old life you used to live. Don't go back to the Bible saying that those who live without Christ, they live in the futility of their thoughts. That's some Paul and Bible language for meaningless. Like you can translate that word for futility for meaningless. He says living Life that is not walking with Jesus and becoming more like Jesus is a life that is lived in vain and it is without purpose. Let me say that more clearly. There is no purpose to life when it does not live God's way. That's what, that's what Paul is trying to sum up there. He says, don't go back to the old life. You know, the old life that you used to live. Because there is no purpose in that. They, they are walking in the meaninglessness of their thoughts. Everything they think about, everything they do is wrapped up in meaninglessness. And Paul, he's going to clarify why that is the case. So this is an everyday choice, or this is the everyday choice of being a Christian. It's choosing to walk with Christ and not back to the life that we used to live. And so here's why it's so important that we live, that we don't go back to the way that we used to live. He continues in verse 18. So don't go back, don't be like the Gentiles, don't live the life you used to do, because they are darkened in their understanding and excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and they gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with the desire for more and more. So this is lifestyle that Paul's talking about. This is the this life is the opposite of what God wants for us. Whenever we go our own way, we are darkened under our understanding and we are excluded from the life that God has for us. And that is bad news, right? 
Like to be darkened in your understanding, to be excluded from the life that God has for us. That is bad news because living in and being near God, like having your proximity, being in God's presence, living a life in Jesus, that is where we find true life. But Paul is saying that the old life that you used to live, you're excluded from that. Everything that you're looking for, you are now excluded from that. And that is because of the Gentiles' ignorance. And we, we see that, and like they're ignorant of that. That means they had no choice but to walk away from God. They had no choice but to not obey Jesus. That's not what that word ignorance is talking about. It says they knew about God, but they chose to not walk with God in the first place. And so because of that, because they were ignorant of God, because they hardened their hearts against God, and we know a lot of people like that. They know about Jesus. They know about God, but they're choosing not to walk with him. It says because of that, they had become callous, and they gave themselves over to all kinds of evil and all kinds of sins. And that word callous right there, it, it's only used one other time in the Bible, and it describes a numb feeling. Like, how many of you guys have calluses right now? Right? Like, you have calluses on your hand or whatever. Um, a lot of us, we have them on our feet, or I don't, know, I don't know. But if you lift weights or you do things with your hands, like you get calluses on your hands, and so you have filling on your hand until you get to where the calluses, and then there's no filling there. That's kind of what Paul is talking about, but it actually has a deeper sense into that. And so, <coughs> excuse me, the definition I found for callous, it is to be so hard that one is not bothered by the implications of what one is doing become callous, dead to feeling without a sense of right or wrong. They have become dead to feeling. That's what he's saying. They have become callous. They have become numb to God. So often, we try to find life and purpose and happiness apart from God. And so we look to the wrong things that end up feel, making us feel numb on the inside. They leave us feeling dead on the inside. Let me tell you, some, like trying to fit in with your friends, trying to fit in with the crowd, trying to fit in with those at school who you think are cool, who, who have all the friends, trying to fit in will leave you feeling more dead inside. Talking behind someone behind their back, whether they're a friend or whether they're not, talking behind them behind their back, you think it's going to feel good in the moment, but that leaves you feeling dead inside. Doing your own thing apart from God will always leave you more dead inside. Whatever you're looking for, Whatever you look for in the, in the wrong places, whenever we do that, whenever we're ignorant of God, whenever we harden our heart against Him, when we go our own way, it will always leave you feeling more dead inside. So fill in the blank, whatever you think that is, if it's apart from God, it will leave you numb. And notice what Paul says. He says, with a desire for more and more. It's a never-ending cycle once you get down that. They say that if you're stranded out in the ocean or if you're on a deserted island to not drink the salt water, like no matter how thirsty you are, no matter how bad you feel, like you need, like no matter how bad you think you need it to survive, they say don't drink it. Why? Because the more salt water you drink, it'll actually dehydrate you more. Like there's so much salt in salt water that the salt will dehydrate you faster than the water can hydrate you. And so you're left there with something that looks real, something that looks satisfying, and in the end, it'll actually kill you. The more you drink of it, the more thirsty you get. And so the thing that you look at to find satisfaction is something that'll end up killing you. So what you desire 
is water. You desire a fresh drink, a fresh water that will satisfy you, that will quench your thirst, and that will give you what you're looking for. But all you have is salt water, and it gives you a false satisfaction. It looks like the real thing, but in reality, it will kill you. And there's so many false satisfactions in our life and in our world that are screaming for our attention, that promise to give us what we're looking for, but they end up killing us. Going back to that word callous, it it leaves us feeling numb. It leaves us feeling dead. When we do that apart from God, it leaves us hurt, leaves us broken, still looking for the wrong things. That's why Paul, he says, therefore, Knowing all that we know about Jesus, knowing all that we know about God, knowing all about the benefits, the, the incalculable riches of, of, of living a life in Jesus. He says, therefore I say to this, you should no longer walk as the Gentiles do. You should no longer want to go back to that old life. And this isn't just a message for those who are seeking Christ. This isn't just for those of us who, who maybe we've never actually said yes to Jesus. Maybe we're still on the fence if we want to decide to go all in or not. This is a message for the Christian. This is a message for those who are saved. This is a message for those who have been walking with Jesus for a long time because we still struggle with sin. And we still struggle with that desire to go back to that old lifestyle. All of us do. No matter if you've been saved for a week or you've been saved your entire life, there's always going to be that internal battle of maybe, maybe it was better on the other side. Maybe, maybe if I just look at this one thing, maybe if I just take a drink of this one thing, maybe it's just a little better. There's always that temptation to go back. All of us have that. So we're in the in-between times. We are saved. We are becoming like Jesus. But there's still a very real battle that all of us face until We become like Jesus. So what do we do instead? Verse 20, Paul, he says, so don't do all these things. Don't go back to old lifestyle. But that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and you were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. We are not to go back to the old life because we were taught the truth in Jesus. Remember last week we talked about the difference between truth and lies. Lies um, are always, or temptations are always wrapped up in lies. And so we defeat that by believing the truth. There is a real truth. And in, in Paul, he says the truth is in Jesus. So we use that truth to take off our old way of life. And that word for take off, like you might think, like, what's the real meaning behind that? That word in there for take off, it's literal. Like that's the same kind of verb somebody would use, like take off your old stinky clothes and put on new clothes. Like it's the same word. So Paul, he's saying literally take off that old life. Like you're a Christian, you've been saved, but you still need to take off that former way of life and put on the new way of life. There is still a temptation to believe lies and go back to that old life. Like as, as Christ followers, we are saved and God, he sees us as holy and blameless because of what Jesus did, but we still have to daily decide to take off that old life. It's a daily choice that we have to 
decisively make. I'm not going to walk that old life anymore. I'm dying to that old self today. It's a choice that you have to continue to make. So how do we do that? We do that by daily repenting of our sins and asking God to empower us to become more like him in every way. How do we take off that old life? How do we get renewed in our spirit? How do we put on that new life? It's by daily, every day, every morning, repenting of our sin and asking God to empower us, to change and to transform us. Repenting of our sins, it's more than just that one-time thing that we did whenever we raised our hand to, to be saved. It's an ongoing, it should be a daily, sometimes hourly thing that we do whenever we mess up and we find ourselves starting to go back to the old life. Like how many of you guys, since you've been saved, you haven't sinned yet? None of us? Okay. How many of you guys, like you haven't sinned at all today? Right? We all need to every single day continually go back to Jesus. Jesus, I messed up. God, I need you. God, I, I, I accidentally went back to that old life. That's what Paul, he's reminding us of how important it is that we take that off, that we get rid of that and we repent and we ask God to forgive us. To repent, it means more than just asking for forgiveness. But it's literally leaving that lifestyle behind. It's leaving that action, that word that you said, that thing that you did. It's leaving it behind and it's doing a 180 and going the opposite direction. As Tanner said one time, it's uh, you flip a Yui or whatever. I don't know exactly what he said. You bust a Yui. Like that's what it means to repent. You bust a Yui. You literally leave it there and you go the other way. So it's not going back to that. We have to take it off. We give that old life to God, that, that sin or that temptation. We give it to God and we pray and we ask him to renew our minds and thoughts on the truth of Jesus. That's what Paul means by being renewed in, by, that's what Paul means by being renewed by the spirit in your mind. It's by the Holy Spirit and it happens in your mind. Change and transformation can only take place can only happen because of the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our will or our power. There's nothing that we can do on our own to be transformed. There's nothing that we can do to be changed by ourselves. But it happens whenever we rely on and we trust in Jesus. And whenever and we have to do that as a daily choice to put on our new selves. And so it's kind of weird language that Paul says. He says, put on that new self, the one created according to God's likeness. So what is that new self that Paul's talking about? It's that new identity of what we have been talking about for the last few weeks. The new identity of, of being in Christ. It's being just like Jesus. Of that process of becoming like Jesus. It's saying that this is us. Like we are like Jesus. This is who we are. This is our firm identity. So Paul, he tells us to put that new identity on. That means it is still a daily choice. It's every day choosing to grow in our relationship with Jesus to become more like him. It means that we don't just think about our identity. Putting on that new self, it's not just thinking about and conceptualizing like what it means to be like Jesus, what it means to be a good Christian. It's not just knowing more about God, but it's walking that out in our daily lives. It comes out in our conversations. It comes out with how we treat others. It comes out in ways that we say or don't say things. It comes out in the way that we live. It's a daily choice to choose to believe the truth about Jesus over the lies of the enemy and to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out because that is who God created you to be.
righteous, and holy. Think about those last couple words. The one created according to God's likeness, that's in the image of Jesus, in righteousness, in purity of truth. Not just on paper, not just to know about it, but to walk it out. So if I think about it this, like this way, if I went to your lunch table and I asked your friends, like, is so-and-so a Christian? Like, do they love Jesus? How, like, raise your hand if you think somebody would say yes to that. Like, if I said, hey, is Connor, is Connor a Christian? What do you think? Okay. Like, would people raise your hand if I asked them, is this person a Christian? Okay. Anybody? All right. Now, keep your hands up if I went to that same person and I said, is so-and-so, do they walk in purity and truth? Do they, are, are they holy and are they righteous? Like I said, I said, okay, let's think about Matthew, everybody. It is, like I asked a random person I never met, do you think Matthew is holy and blameless and righteous? None of us would probably raise our hand. Like, not just for Matthew, but I'm saying for us. Like, none of us would be able to say yes, people would say that about me. But that's what Jesus, that's what Paul is saying. He says, put on that new self, the one that is creating God's likeness in righteousness and purity. And so we believe that this is how God sees us. That's what we've been talking about. Like whenever we say yes to Jesus, that whenever we, God looks down from heaven, he sees Jesus. He sees pure, purity. He sees holiness. He sees righteousness. He doesn't see all of our past mistakes. But then we ask, if we ask our friends, hey, would you say I'm blameless? Would you say I'm holy? Would you say I'm perfect? They're like, no, you're not perfect. Like, are you, are you kidding me? None of us have arrived. None of us have gotten to that place yet because it is a lifelong journey of becoming like Jesus. But that doesn't mean it's a boring one. Just because it's going to take us our entire lives of becoming like Jesus, that doesn't mean it's boring. That doesn't mean it's mundane because that is the only way that there is true life and joy. It's found in Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, look to that. Don't go back to that old life because that is where you're ignorant. That is where you're callous. That is where you're numb. You don't go there to find life. Instead, you look to Jesus. You put on that. You become like Jesus. And you walk in purity and truth. If they're banned, we'll go ahead and come back. Change comes only as a result of bringing our lives into conformity with our new identity in Christ. Change comes only whenever we walk our lives as if it is actually becoming more like Jesus. That is whenever transformation comes. This new identity, it's rooted in relationships. Because Christ died to sins, and because he resurrected from the dead, because Jesus actually died, because Jesus actually resurrected, because he had a resurrection to new life, the same can be said to be true of us whenever we are united with him. Transformation happens in relationship because we have a relationship with Jesus. That means whenever Jesus died, we are united with him in his death. So when we say yes to Jesus, that means that we have died also. We have died to our old selves. We have died to our sins. But it also means that whenever Jesus was resurrected to newness of life, that means whenever we are united with him, that we have also been raised to newness of life. And that's what Paul's talking about, putting on that new life. And that's also what baptism represents. So when we are changed and we are transformed, we are changing and becoming more like Jesus whenever we walk our lives in unison with Jesus. And this is why that term, that in Christ or in him, is so important to Paul 
of what it means to be a Christian. We're not a Christian without being in him. And this is why Paul, he repeatedly uses that word with in the, in the Bible describing Christians. He always says with. He says God made us alive with Christ. God, he raised us up with Christ. God, he seated us with him in the heavenly places. A relationship to Jesus is transformative to our lives whenever we walk in unity with him. This is the basis of our new identity. So tonight, the worship team, they're about to lead us in another song. This is for the Christians. This is for those of you who, who are saved, for those of you who are, who are walking with God. If you notice that your life is not completely unified with Jesus in righteousness and holiness, then the only thing left for us to do tonight is to come to the altar and to fall on the mercy of Jesus and to repent. And remember, re repentance, that's more than just saying, God, forgive me of this. It is that. It's confessing your sins. God, I, I did this wrong. God, I'm not walking in purity. God, I'm not walking in holiness. God, forgive me of this. But then it's choosing to leave that behind and walking towards God. So I'm going to ask everyone to go ahead and stand up. And this isn't going to be weird. This isn't going to be awkward. I'm not 